been shot since September. The Brussels sprouts have been boiling since October. <laughs> Overweight men are dusting off their red outfits and sticky on white beards. And harassed mothers are sorting out dressing gowns and tea towels. We've got uh, four candles. Okay, five. But I prefer four candles. Uh, <laughs> yes, it really is that time of year again. And what better opportunity for me to share with you the finest, the very finest in Christmas cracker jokes. Oh. You've, been, you've been waiting all year for this, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> so, here we go. How does good King Wenceslas like his pizzas? One that's deep and crisp and even. <laughs> Why did no one bid for Rudolph and Blitzen on eBay? Because they were too dear. Oh, do you like this one? What does the Queen call her Christmas broadcast? The one show. <laughs> and how did Mary and Joseph know that Jesus was £7.6 ounces when he was born? They had a way in a manger. Oh. And lastly, what's the most popular Christmas wine? I don't like Brussels sprouts. <laughs> I don't get crackers. Well, today, of course, is the, um, the first Sunday of Advent. And Advent comes from the, uh, the Latin word Adventus, which means uh, coming or arrival. So come to church for an education. Advent is a time of uh, waiting, a time of preparation, a time of anticipation, a time of looking forward expectantly for something momentous to happen. And that something would not only change the whole course of human history, but will change the whole of creation. And you thought Christmas was just about turkey, mince pies, and trying to survive a couple of days with your dysfunctional extended family. We're going to uh, read from uh, Luke's Gospel. If you want to uh, turn to Luke chapter 1 with me. And we're starting at verse 5. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah. And he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were advanced in years. Now while he was serving as priest before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom priesthood. He was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayers have been heard, 
and your wife Elizabeth will bear your son, and you shall call his name John. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will, will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great before the Lord. And you must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah, to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, How shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, who stands in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you, and to bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them. And they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple. And he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when his time of service was ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. And for five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among The very fact, I think, that Luke, uh, the physician, chose to include this extraordinary account right at the beginning of the Gospel indicates that this is a really important event. So, what's going on? Well, the passage starts in the days of Herod. And this is the same Herod who would later order the slaughter of all the baby boys of Bethlehem and the surrounding area. And horrific act often referred to as the massacre of the innocents. So Herod was not a nice man. As a complete contrast to this monster, we have Zechariah, a priest, who was married to Elizabeth. And this pious and devout couple are described as righteous before God. A perfect couple, it would seem, but they had a problem. They were childless. And as they were now advanced in years, which is a polite way of saying they were old, all hope of having a child was long gone. Now these days, couples don't have children, sometimes through choice, sometimes through circumstances, but particularly in biblical times, it was seen as a sign of God's disfavour. A barren woman could be shunned and looked down on. The priesthood at that time was divided into 24 divisions. And twice during the year, each division would take their turn to be on duty in the temple, the temple in Jerusalem, for one week. And each day the priestly duties will be apportioned by lot, and the most solemn act 
of the day would be the burning of incense, but where the priest would approach the veil that separated the holy place from the holy of holies. This burning of incense was a unique privilege and could only be performed by a priest once in his lifetime. And we heard that there was a, a multitude of worshippers outside in the temple courts. So this is what Zechariah was doing when something extraordinary happened. An angel of the Lord who identifies himself as Gabriel appears to Zechariah when we read he was troubled and fear fell upon him. That's a nice way of saying he was scared witless. <laughs> Gabriel makes three appearances in the Bible. The first was to Daniel, where he explains Daniel's visions. The second here is to Zechariah, and the third would be to Mary. And Gabriel says, do not be afraid. Your prayers have been heard, and your wife will bear you a son who you will call John. Now we're going to pause uh, at this point and look back in the history of Israel. In the Old Testament, the last book is Malachi. And in the final verses of the final chapter, it says this. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So the Jewish people had this great expectation that the prophet Elijah would return. But then, nothing. Absolutely nothing. 400 years had passed, and there was still nothing. So if we go back to our story, and back to Gabriel, who told Zechariah he'd be filled with joy, and the boy would be great in the sight of God. He would be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. And then he said this, He will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah. God had been silent for 400 years, and at this moment the silence is shattered. God would fulfill the prophecy in Malachi, and Elijah returns in the person of John the Baptist, who, as we know, would go on to prepare the way, prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. Well, all this uh, enormous significance seems to have escaped Zechariah. After all, he was a priest, and he should have known about these things. But his reaction was to say, you've got to be joking. This is impossible. We are way too old to have a child. It was a response of unbelief. Well, Gabriel was rather less than impressed. He pointed out his credentials. He stood in the presence of God. And he was sent to Zechariah to bring him this good news. He speaks with the authority of God. And it doesn't get much better than that. How shall I know this? Zechariah said. The priest had asked for a sign, and he got one. 
but not quite in the way he expected. He was punished for his unbelief and was struck dumb. Well, it was a serious mistake by Zechariah, but at least it had an expiry date. Despite his unbelief, his voice would eventually return when all these things came to pass. So he returned home after his term of service, and in due course Elizabeth conceives, and she acknowledges God's blessing upon her. So the long silence of 400 years is broken. The prophecy of old is fulfilled. God has decisively broken into time and space. <coughs> the unfolding of a great plan is beginning. So what can we learn from this story? Well, there's quite a lot in there. Firstly, God often seems to use ordinary people to achieve extraordinary things. Now, admittedly, Zechariah was a priest, but he was an ordinary jobbing vicar rather than a high priest of great standing. They were unremarkable people, but something remarkable happened. Mm. Secondly, enjoying a good reputation with people is very commendable, but far and above the most important thing is to be considered righteousness in the sight of God. We know that our righteousness is only achieved through salvation by faith in Jesus. And our response should be to make every effort to do good works. The couple were long past any hope of having children. And our frailty and our weakness seems to be God's opportunity. Also, angels are not a figment of medieval imagination. Although we do not generally see them, we can be confident that they are there. Of great comfort to us, Gabriel assures us that our prayers are heard by God. Elizabeth not only counted her blessings, but acknowledged and gave thanksgiving to the giver. Also, scepticism with respect to God's promise is not taken lightly by him. We can have confidence and trust in his promises. The sending of the Holy Spirit, that nothing can separate us from the love of God, that we will be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Jesus will return at the second coming. We will be forgiven. Free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus. There are literally hundreds of promises in the New Testament alone. So I urge and encourage you to read them, to understand them, to trust in them, draw strength and comfort from them. God is good and he gives good gifts to his children. So here is the start of the Christmas story with not a shepherd in sight. We have the visit by the angel Gabriel in the temple in Jerusalem and against all odds an elderly couple have a miraculous conception. 
but an even greater miracle is to come. Mm.